0: What is up, Big Talk Nation? Welcome back to another beautiful episode of the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. It's Chris. This is Greg. And that is The Crew, Motley Crew. Debut album right there. Not Motley who, Motley Crew. Motley Crew, <laughs> Too Fast for Love. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because you know that we are both too fast for love. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, um, let's dive right in. I'm ready. We got
1: uh, live wire wait, playing. Wait, wait, hold on. Before go. you start, yes, man, I just want to do some business first to get that out of the oh, way. Oh, yeah,
0: guys. Guess what? At BigTalkCG.podcast <laughs> <dot laughs> on TikTok and on Instagram. We are also on Twitter at BigTalkCG. Gmail. We are BigTalkCG at Gmail.com. We are on YouTube we're on Facebook. Just search us under The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Gray. All right. That's three Gs. One in the front, two in the back. <laughs>
1: Ooh, you got through that very well, man. You're just been practicing. I
0: have been practicing uh, all week. I've been practicing all in week. In front of the mirror? Or in or front, front of Rambo. The mirror, in front of the mirror. At different angles. I got the mirror that I...
1: <laughs> you I got a little like bit.
0: three mirrors that I use to kind of make sure I get the angle right on everything, dude. <laughs> Up. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into the crew. Uh, Too Fast for Love. Excellent. Debut oh, my God. So good. Uh, November 10th, 1981. The original release on Leather Records. Well, this was not actually my first introduction to the crew. I, okay. Shout the Devil was the first album that I heard. I think I've told that story about yeah. Back in Black and, and Shout the Devil being the first two albums I heard by rock albums I heard. But Shaw the Devil was the first uh, but So I had to go back and visit this one years later I mean, this is probably I mean, you know, we've talked about how kids have no money Like we didn't have money in the 80s So as soon as I finally got my hands on one I love this album It's so good it's Did so you buy good. it or
1: was it a dubbed copy from your buddy? Um, that dubbed thing for you
0: I think uh, my first copy this was a real, nice. a real copy Yeah uh, and It wasn't a dub I love it, dude. Live Wire right here was uh, the lead-off track here, like I said. Uh, let's talk about this album now, dude. Uh, released uh, November 10th, 1981 on Leather Records, like I said, recording in October of 81, so just a month before, in Hit City in West Hollywood. Nice. Uh, peak position for this album was number 77, which is pretty good, dude, considering basically this is just a... Well-produced demo, Is right? sell that's what they say, you know, nikki Six. Yeah, says, it's just a well-produced. Well, the original version they produced themselves, and then you know, Electra when they got their hands on it, did little remixing and stuff, and, and, and a little animated, remastering, and little remastering, kind and, of stuff. Mixing. Uh, and it's one times platinum, which surprises me. I would have thought by now that this thing would be at least two times platinum, right? It's just
1: I we, ridiculous. Maybe everybody's got dub copies. Th- that's it. Wait a minute. So it's it's been one million since the release. Wow, that, I figure that's hard to, yeah. to believe, but okay. Especially with uh, you know that movie The Dirt came out, that really uh, gave a good boost in their record sales. Uh, the remastered stuff that they've been doing, I'm surprised, dude.
0: I'm surprised. So this is track two, um, Live Wires. Anything you want to say about that track besides it's kick-ass? High energy,
1: yeah. high energy rock and roll that just gets you started. It's a great way to start that album, yeah. man. It's
0: in your face. Here we are, right from the top. Live yeah. wire brings it. Then we come here track two uh, Public Enemy number one. Uh, Six wrote this with Lizzie Gray. I'm not sure who Lizzie Gray is. I thought is. you said come on uh, dance was the second time. Oh, I'm. Wait, what?
1: Yeah, come on and dance.
0: My bad. I guess because we have the Electro version playing instead of the original. All right. Uh, So let me actually scroll down a little bit. Okay. Where I do have the Electro. So, yes, Come On and Dance is track two. My bad, Greg. Thank you for the correction. Correction. Uh, Come On and Dance. What do you think of this one, man? I mean,
1: you know, in the early 80s when they say the word dance, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be like a dance song or something to groove into. But this is still rocking, and they just happen to... Singing about a girl, saying, "You know, come, I'm gonna play music, and all you gotta do is just stand there and dance." Uh, kind of
0: I, attitude, feel to it. I think the song is straight sex. I think dance is a metaphor for sex. Ooh. Yeah, you listen to some of the lyrics. When she's on, she's hot, when when she's on top, damn. When she when she's on top, damn, she's hot. All right. Uh, final line, I think, before the last chorus is, "and she'll suck you dry." <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what I think it's about sex, uh, which is what a lot of their music is. Yeah, we're genre, not going to lie, man.
1: Sex, sex, and uh, there's a little bit about sex in there, too. Yeah, so, and then a little bit about sex also.
0: <laughs> uh, you ready to go to the next one? Yeah. All right, here we go. Now we got Public Enemy number one. <laughs> Dude, sorry about that.
1: Had I my, Had my versions crossed. I had to stop you. I was like, "Yeah, Chris, you jumped the gun." You know what? You're excited because it's Motley Crue, man. And we said we've been saying we've been wanting to do this for a very, very, very long time. Man, I'm surprised it took us so long.
0: To I get am to too, this because Motley Crue is one of the pre of the genre that we always talk about—rock uh, music from the '80s. They're they're on the mountain rushmore, yeah, for sure, definitely man. for us. For us to take this long to get to them. It wasn't on purpose. It just kind of... We just kind of had other ideas of stuff we wanted to do, and yeah, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. Now we're That's, doing it. Now we're, yeah. We're, yeah. Now we're... Having <laughs> our own little crew fest. <laughs> crew fest 2023. There you go. great. Love it. Well, like, name I mean, you want? number one. Uh, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, us against the world kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can kind of look at it a few ways, you know... Um, Public enemy number one. It's almost some people have kinda of said it's almost like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of a thing. I think it's more of like when you're trying to be the best and you're and you're on your way to the top, people are gonna try to knock you down, you're gonna be public enemy number one, people That's are it. gonna try to get rid of you. And they've been trying to stop this band since the get-go and no one's ever stopped them except for themselves, to yeah. be honest with you. That's the only thing that stopped them. That's definitely true, man. Love this song. Um we're gonna say that probably about every song. Well I'm gonna say it about almost every song. Oh, love this song. Love it, dude. I like the chug-along. Chug-along on that one. It's great, dude.
1: Love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think definitely for me, the star for this album is definitely Nick Mars. Nick Mars is definitely the star of this album. You know, some albums, it's, it's the songwriting, some albums, you've been singing. Very rare when I say that, but... I love I love Mick Marsh. I think he did a great job on getting the feel and capturing um, the first thoughts of what Mot is. <laughs> and that's what these guys did. Oh yeah. Uh you ready to go to the next
0: one? Hell yeah, bring it to me. Let's go. Merry go round. Merry go round around. Now do you put this in a ballad? Um or not really. I put this uh, as my least favorite song on the album. And I say it is, of a ballad tempo. Yes. Okay. Uh, the subject matter—I don't think is necessarily for a ballad, you know, it's usually love yeah. and stuff like that. But our heartbreak. Yeah. But yeah, I would put this as a ballad, not a
1: power, just a ballad. Um, what do you think of this song, man? I love it. Catchy. You know, never go round and round, never go round and round. Um, he says that a little too much for me. Okay, is that what it is? It's just. It's the
0: producer, man. Say it one more yeah. time. No,
1: no, no. Say it yeah. again. So Say was,
0: it again. So I was digging in about this song, and apparently uh, Nicky Six's inspiration for this song is when he was living in Seattle. He was about, uh, I forget his age, uh, but living in Seattle, looking out the window and seeing this guy that went crazy, uh, and apparently what happened, it was this kid that was probably about 20, 23 years old, already had four kids. They had to call to get him fried off of the merry-go-round because he wouldn't get off. He was having like this mental breakdown. Ah. And that's kind of the inspiration for this song is about that mental breakdown and that guy not wanting to get off the merry-go-round. That remember, does make a lot of sense. Remember spinning on the merry-go-round as fast as you could yeah. holding off a beer light? That was the greatest thing. You can't do that anymore. I haven't seen a merry-go-round in years. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, this album. Uh, like we had said, it was released November 10th, 81, uh, and the first,
1: their first edition, 900 copies. Yeah. There's three, and that was, and there's, that was on Leather Records, that right? That is correct. They're, Leather Records. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think the ma- the original manager, Alan Kaufman, was the owner of Leather Records, and the band owned the rights. They were like, you know, you got it. You got the publishing rights. They said, the, all the music, all the stuff is still mm-hmm. Motley Crue. Uh So yes, so that
0: first edition, they sold 900 copies. So the first recording session, like we said, was in October of 81, after half a year after they played their first show together. So six months already in the studio, basically recording a demo, seeing if they can do anything. And there's three copies, three different copies of the Leather Records one. The first one um, has a white lettering on the cover. And then the sticker on the album itself is white with black lettering and it shows you guys if you've seen the picture of it Vince Neil with his huge airbrushed hairdo no. and It's on the back it's like <laughs> here yeah here, it's hilarious uh, version 2 uh, had red letters on the cover the label's still uh, white with black lettering has a little bit different photo insert of the band and the third version is red lettering on the cover and the label is black now it's black the one on the record with white labeling of course you can look at the, the numbers on the, the album and kind of figure out which one's which and then there was only one known cassette version. So Got there's three uh, LP, one cassette. Let's just go ahead and go to the next song right
1: here, baby. Yeah. Take me to the top. That's it. Man. I love it, dude. Talk about rock it. and roll, baby. Uh, great song. I mean, what, same thing with a band struggling, saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make it and we're gonna take it to the top." Exactly. You know? And that's what that's what the song, man. It's just yeah. jams. It's just great. Yeah. Yeah, great feel to it.
0: Yeah. This is. One of my favorites on the album, "Take Me to the Top." It's like that mantra of this band—just nothing's gonna stop us. We're gonna go to the top. Take me to the top. Let's let's do it. You know, they always had that Motley Crue gang mentality. Yeah, and this song really kind of encapsulates everything. I love this little guitar right here. Love that shit. Yeah, same Every thing. Every time. Man. That's what I said, man. Nick Mars, he's the man. Um, let's talk about uh, the electro version. Okay, so the Elektra version, uh, when they signed with Elektra, they took basically the album that they had, and they just took it to uh, uh, Roy Thomas Baker, and he remixed it, remastered it, all that stuff, and then they released that version, the first release of that version was August 20th of 1982, uh, they had a, they did a different track order, like I already mm-hmm. fucked up on in the beginning of the show, they also took off Stick to Your Guns, off of their version, um, and they re- re-recorded some of the songs, uh, Come On A Dance, and then there was two versions, I think, if I'm correctly, of, um, is it it's A Piece two. of Your Action or I Live thought was, I thought it was, was Too Fast. might have been Too Fast, one. Well, it's got a longer intro on Yeah, it's on Too it, Fast. And they cut that down. Uh, and here's something funny, so Maldi Crew, this came out, this album came out, there was some buzz going, they were going to go on a, a tour in Canada. So, Electro wanted to make sure that there were albums ready for the public to buy. So, okay. that first shipment of albums that they sent to Canada are all basically just the Leather Records version. They hadn't yet touched it. They hadn't done anything. And they weren't available for them when they went on tour. Uh, and then the second you know, yeah. batch, the second round, second pressing were of the newer Electro ones. Um, you can find the... Um, you can find some places the leather version. I didn't see it on Spotify. Did you see? It? I just saw no. the 21 remastering the deluxe edition. Now I have not seen it. Um, I do have a cassette version of this, but I think it's also Electra. So I um, don't know if how available that is.
1: Have you heard the leather records version or remember hearing? It? We've probably heard it. We probably have, but I just don't remember. I want to in... say I have probably heard it and I've seen it oh, my neighbors who. Um, He's a little, he's a good five or six years older than me. Yeah. He had uh, a copy of the leather records. Mother Crew, too He never let me borrow it, but I remember he had it and I saw it. I had it in my hands and just saw like the differences. Oh, I see this is different, this is different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. Love it. Uh, You ready to go to the next song? Sure.
0: love little Vince's yell right here. He's actually singing. I know. I was going to say that. If it, <laughs> if it wasn't Mick, I would have said Vince would be the hero of this album. Yeah, he does actually a pretty good job uh, on this one vocally. One of the better jobs on, of their albums in my Correct. opinion. So, right, uh, uh, I was trying to see. Did you know of any touring they were doing with this album?
1: I really couldn't find I, any like big time tours or anything Yeah, like I don't want to say they were doing any big time tours or tour with anybody. I think they were just kind of like on their own doing small things like the Santa Monica Civic and stuff like that. Hey, did you know that the album cover... Is a homage to the Rolling Stones' 1971 "Sticky Fingers." I did know that. I didn't know that, man. That was killer. It was, and then, when when almost the, the it's a, very similar. is very, in a sense, you know, a picture of someone's crotch, in the sense of like there, you know. And Vince's is kind of like he just posing, yeah. he's doing stuff. And I thought, wow. I go, I could see that because I know Nikki was very much into the, the classic rock, or you know, Stones. If not, all these guys were into the Stones and shit like that. Yeah. So that's cool. I thought it was good.
0: Oh, and I wanted to go back and say this because earlier I said, Who in the hell is Lizzie Gray? So, um, Public Enemy Number One was written by Nikki Six and Lizzie Gray from London, right? And Lizzie Gray is Stephen M. Perry. So, yeah, he was with, um, uh, Nikki in London. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that song is one I kind of like it when they bring some stuff from the, some of their early bands and bring it. Yeah. Kind of hey, with hey, them. We're gonna. We talked about that a little bit with um, Great White. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that here now. I mean, it seems like once every, once you left London, your band, you became your next band was super successful, like Blackie Lawless. Because he probably Nikki knew
1: Nikki probably saw what was going, what was working, and what was not working. And, you know, I need guys that are just going to kill it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes your
0: bandmates just aren't as hungry as you are, and you got to find those guys that are just as hungry. Yeah. You ready? Sure. Track seven, Starry Eyes. This one is okay for me. I know a lot of people say this is my favorite song on the album. not mine it's (laughs) right down there with merry-go-round I just it just doesn't do it for me I mean it's kind of it's kind of like that starry eyes like that twinkle in your eye you get yeah kind of a situation I always kind of thought oh you see starry eyes you're thinking it's gonna be about he's calling a woman starry eyes, but to me it's more of like this starry-eyed look when people get when they're you know given everything they got and and kind of in this euphoric state of, of Basically taking it to the top. That's yeah, kind of what I get from this song.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: There's Mick right there, dude. He's killing it on guitar, dude. I thought, you know, honestly, I think all of them uh, were really good on this first album. I think the one person that grew the most from this album to the next one was Tommy Lee. Oh yeah. I mean,
1: Definitely, he's not
0: really doing much um, that's just like holy shit on this album. Uh, but man, he grew he grew leaps and bounds
1: as a drummer from this one to shout at the devil. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And, you know, thank
1: I think God. that's where he got a lot of his uh, momentum. Is that you're right? He did this. He put the work in. You know, drum sounds and this and this. Uh, you're right. I don't think there's anything super spectacular. You know, on this first album But it's good Mm -hmm. And then album number two He busted it out, man Oh, yeah All right, you ready? Sure
0: Love the intro on this It's great, dude I know, what more can we say, man? Mick Mars is uh, underrated Definitely, for sure He was a little bit older than the guys in the band, too Right? uh, five six years older i think than maybe more 10 years i don't know you tell I, me i, don't I know. would i don't got his birthday here but i'll find it i would
1: i would probably say like 10 years on the guys and then you know mother Crew was not his first band he had other bands too in the 70s mm-hmm. he had a different look i think he had a hair and a mustache and- he was still rocking with some of these other bands in L.A. or kind of going around L.A. Until he found the crew. And, you know, these guys had Young and Hungry. And you know what? I could keep up with these guys. And wham, bam, he did. He was 11 years older than Tommy Lee. And I
0: think Tommy Lee oh, was right. the youngest in the band. So he's right up there, dude. He's yeah. Older. And we've seen these guys play a few times. We saw them play Crew Fest 1, mm-hmm. Crew Fest 2. We went, didn't we go see them at the Palladium? Yes. Did we go to that show at the Hollywood Palladium? Yeah. It was like Saints of
1: L.A.? Yeah, it was right after Crew Fest 2, I think. It Correct. Was after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then we saw them on the, the last tour. Um, we saw them at the Hollywood Bowl. Yep. Yep. And then that was it for you, I think. Was yeah. I saw them the next night or two nights after in Irvine. And then the last show, or one of the last shows in Hollywood. All right. Stable Staples Center Crypto Still so well, Center back then yeah it was stable Center, was, yeah, was Staples Center still
0: I love the, the the beat of this song the drum it's
1: you know that's not the only time I've seen crews i seen him at the Forum for Girls 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 i seen him at Long Beach for theater I saw Long Beach for Dr. Feelgood You're a crew yeah.
0: veteran, dude. I am, man. You are a crew cool veteran. Out, I think one of the times we saw them uh, at uh, one of the crew fests they played Doctor Feelgood all the way through, yeah. Like the
1: anniversary, that was the shirt you have on, yeah. Crew Fest two, crew Fest two. But dude, I have to say, I love this song. This is oh, just, yeah, dude. this is definitely one of the top songs for me, over and over and over. I didn't even have to listen to it. You just, I just know all the lyrics. No, oh, yeah. Just too fast, too fast for love.
0: little bass solo ever, for Nicky. Oh, yeah. Nothing spectacular, but it's there. It's, it's
1: a couple of good riffs. Thank <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, Ruben. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go to the last track. Well, the <laughs> last track on the album, we're going to add a couple on here at the end, but on with the show. This is my favorite
1: song on this album. Oh, really? Talk about it. I believe it's because when it's Nicky Six talking about how he's not going to be... Uh, Frank anymore. He's going to be Nikki 6. Mm-hmm. And that's it's his story. Say how it was. I grew up Frank. I was named of my dad. Fuck my dad and I'm I'm going to be somebody else. I'm going to be this mega star Nikki 6. And that's what I want to be known as. And basically, I think it's just he did a little story about a little song about himself. Yeah. And I think it works. You know? And, you know, if this is definitely one of those songs that when they played it live was just screaming and yelling real loud. You know? That kind of stuff. Yeah, it must have been
0: something to see these guys in these early club days. You know? I mean, really the only footage you see are basically that. Take me to the top video, Live Wire. Are the, mm-hmm. like if you go search all this stuff up? But man, it must have been something else to see these guys. Uh, they came out like nothing else anyone had ever seen before. And
1: man, that would have been great to have been around. Well, the the first album, this one, the Too Fast for Love, they did a little more dark makeup. They wore like the leather either as black or red, and they kind of stuck that way. And then, you know, when they went to the next album, Shout Out the Devil, they, you know, they had the word devil in it, and they did more black, but I think they knew how they wanted it to look. Yeah. But this album did have a certain look and a certain tone for them. Yeah. That they loved.
0: It's like that. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of thing that Judas Priest did. They kind of had that same leather look.
1: Uh, not so much with all the metal and spikes, but they had yeah. that kind of same leather look. But you know, one more thing I want to say about this album and the crew at the time. I don't know if you remember uh, Chris... Uh, they did have a mascot at the time and they used it a few times on this um, and it was uh, now uh, The name of the mascot was Alistair Fiend mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a version I used to say it kind of was a melt between all four of the guys You know had Nikki's hair and then Mick's look Tommy's length and you know Maybe it sounded like Vince I don't know but and then that mascot comes and goes every once in a while like mm-hmm. in the beginning first you tours They used them And then I think the last time They used them Was Dr. Feelgood And that was kind of Yeah day.
0: those shot Those those graphics With the straight jacket Yeah And stuff like that Yeah Definitely uh, So this is normally Where this album Would be over But We wanted to go ahead And add some of the tracks Some of the tracks That were taken off Yeah you got Some of the tracks That never made it To the final cut I believe that actually one of these might have been like a B-side to, um, well, Stick to Your Guns was their first release. Uh, And I think that Toast of the Town might have been a B-side to the Live Wire release, if I remember correctly. Um, Let's go ahead and uh, go to the next song here, guys. Okay. Toast of the Town. See, and it still has that. Let's go back and listen to that one more time. I just want to do it. It's like, and you can tell the difference between this and what we just heard. Yeah. It's, and of course, you know, this is the 2020, I think this is the 2021 version, but this is, um, I have no idea why this song is not on the album. Right? Me too. I have no idea because of the whole grouping of songs that were from this Too Fast for Love era, this is one of the better songs that I think they made, and this should have been on this album for sure. They could have made it, you know, a 10-track album. They could have dropped one of the songs, whatever one, I don't know. But,
1: man, this song should have been on this album. I believe so, too. I loved it, man. And uh, I think we talked about it during the the Pretty Boy Floyd episode where they they covered it. Uh You know, they loved it so much that they, even though it was never
0: released, in a sense. I love it because it's just full of, like, arrogance and, like, it, it obviously, written about them being the toast of the town. We're the yeah. biggest thing in Hollywood. We're selling out, you know, we're at the Starwood. We're selling out um,
1: the whiskey, Eat, Santa the Monica. I yeah. think they
0: sold out Santa Monica Civic uh, Center with no record label support. Correct. Um, and every time I'm out in Santa Monica and I walk by it, I tell it, whoever's with me, hey, you know, Motley Cruz sold that place out without any uh, label support. And uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell people every time. Um, You tell the stranger that next to you I'll I'll tell anybody that'll listen dude. (laughs) I'll tell anybody that'll listen to anything I gotta say about music But yeah, I love it This song is great, dude We're the toast of the town We're the best thing going Everybody thinks that we're amazing And the best Very, like, very confident song And I love it Uh, God, I should've been on it And yeah, it's been covered a few times But the last uh, group we talked about that did it Was Pretty Boy Floyd, for sure They did a pretty good job of it
1: I love it, dude. You're, you're right. This was one of those songs that you're like, why didn't they keep it? Mm-hmm. This would have been extra gravy on.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. You know. this been, And, and I, honestly, I get what you're saying with On With The Show because I do really like that song. This would have just been a perfect closer. On With The Show, now throw Toast of the Town on there at the end. Done. There you go. 10 songs have been. I think would have made the album as good as it is. It would have made it better keeping, and you rarely say that. You know, they usually trim the fat. Yeah. But this, they, they they cut off a whole turkey leg, man. They should have put this thing right back in there, and man, it would have made the album even better. I think a, a co- more complete album was in the mix, dude. He's getting crazy right here, dude. There you go. And and I love the, this part right here. Vince, dude. Just, it's killer, dude. Right back into the, the chorus. And listen, they got the crowd participation mm. with the clapping. Right? But if you saw these guys at the club, Everybody's clapping, right? Probably. It's a little, you know,
1: you know, what the clapping. The the clapping
0: makes a little poppy. It makes a little poppy. But that was,
1: I want to say, the sounds in the '80s, the early '80s. You know, they're probably doing that kind of stuff. You know, get the crowd in there. Like the Cars did in a couple of their songs, which
0: we just did a couple episodes ago of the Cars. Exactly.
1: Little self-promotion never
0: hurt nobody, baby. All right, let's go to the next song. So this is actually, and I'm sure Greg knows this, this is a cover song from an, a band called The Raspberries, formed in 1970 from Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know much about them, and quite frankly, this isn't a show about The Raspberries. But uh, yeah, they were kind of they were influenced by Beatles, Who the Hollies, same like that, you know, just like a pop band of the time. And, I'm okay with was it, it. I mean, um, it's, it's wasn't okay. Wasn't it uh, the singer named Eric Cartman? Yeah, Eric Carmen. I'm looking at that right now, dude. Yeah, he was the singer and he of the some, Raspberry and He did and some stuff did in the 80s. He did some solo. Yeah, some solo stuff. Um, I think that this I, album is perfect. Right, uh, This song's perfect right where it is. Yes. It not making the, the final one. As a hidden, hidden
1: beat track or a yeah, yeah. pretty issue, years later on, or a Japan import, yeah. which it probably was. Yeah. Thanks, Japan. Japan. We're still coming after you. Japan, Japan, Japan. <laughs> Japan, Japan, Japan. <laughs> just wait till we go to Tower Records, Japan. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, this song, yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, everything you just said, I agree with 100%. Let's go to the next one. Or actually, the last one. Stick to your guns.
1: Ooh. I love this song too, bro. Yeah,
0: this could have been on the too. Dude, listen <laughs> to that drum sound.
1: Yeah, Why did they take on the yeah? You know, next time we, we see Nikki, we're gonna yell at him, man. Why don't you put stick oh, yeah. your guns, yeah. toast your town on it, dummy? It's it's um you know, stick to your guns, stay
0: true to yourself, yeah. no matter what a record label, which is, or the people running clubs or the people that think they know better. Stick to your guns. Make it the way you want to make it. Which is kind of a theme through this album. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's I mean, take it to the top. Uh, on with the show. Starry eyes. Uh, stick to your guns is right in that same vein of we're going to do it. We're going to do it our way. And we're going to do it arrogantly and confidently. And it's not even like an if. It's like when we make it. That's kind of the way they
1: always carry themselves. And I Isn't love this it, song. This should have been on there. Yeah, this is another one that should have been on there also. I was going to say, but... Didn't they always say when you do your debut album, you have 10, 20 years, or sorry, 10, 15 years to make it? Like, that's your life yeah, experiences. Your life, yeah. It leads up to this. And then when you make your second record, you got like six months to write it. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh shit, I had 10, 10 years earlier. Now I only got six months to write 10 new songs. Yeah. You know, if you don't have anything in your back pocket. I love this Which song didn't seem to be a problem For Nicky Six No I don't think he did Maybe they're Jasper. in the middle Maybe <laughs> they're in the Maybe after that <laughs> Last album <laughs> Maybe
0: the, the next beat. album Yeah We'll see Hey guys Thank you for coming along On this ride This ride That was Too fast for love Hell yeah uh, And thank you to the crew For starting off the decade With such Great music Couldn't ask for a better Debut album Remember guys This is the Big Talk Podcast With Chris and Greg And you can go to our Instagram and our TikTok at BigTalkCG.podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. That's Greg with three Gs. One in the front. Two in the back. (laughs) (laughs) BigTalkCG at gmail.com. At BigTalkCG on Twitter. Thank you again, Big Talk Nation. Take
1: it away, Greg. All right, everybody. This is Greg from the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Telling you, stick to your guns and see ya. Come on, boys. There's Nikki again.
0: I love you. you. got the great air, air <laughs> solos of all time. <laughs> <laughs>